0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting.
1: A significant number of American mothers experienced childhood sexual abuse. How does this trauma affect them as adults when they become parents? Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Ideally, parents love and support their children. But if a woman faced horrible trauma as a child... How does the experience impact her parenting? Dr. Teresa Gill, professor, psychotherapist, and noted expert in the field, is out with a new book entitled Women Who Are Sexually Abused as Children, Mothering, Resilience, and Protecting the Next Generation. Doctor, I've seen estimates as high as one in three women between the ages of 20 and 59 who reported being sexually abused as children. This seems to be an enormous problem.
0: It is an enormous problem, and I know that when people read my book title and they say, you know, how many women could have possibly been sexually abused and are now mothering, but my estimate is approximately 21 million mothers in the United States have a history of child sexual abuse, and it's interfering for many of them with their ability to be able to mother their children. The way that I came up with the topic is in my private practice. On the first day of therapy, we ask women, what brings you to therapy? What are your goals? And all the mothers in my practice said they wanted to be better mothers. They wanted Mm -hmm. to do more for their children than they had experienced as children. And they felt that their history of sexual abuse was interfering with that part of their life. And
1: can you tell us how many such abused women then turn around and do abuse their own kids?
0: Well, what I found is that the literature says that the long-term impact of child sexual abuse was shame, low self-esteem, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety. However, these women were coming into me, and even though they were struggling with their own issues, they wanted to be better mothers. They wanted to do something different for their children. Like one mother said to me, I don't know how to play with my kids. They set up a table for us to have a tea party, and they have the cookies and the tea and the plates on the table. And I sit there frozen because in my childhood, it was best to be invisible. It was best not to be heard. I didn't know how to play. And now to be a better mother to my children... I need to be spontaneous, and I don't know how, and it terrifies me. So I felt like it was really important to harness the power of wanting to do something different for their children and to look at what makes these women want to come into therapy and look at their past one more time in order to move forward. Because the women that I worked with and interviewed, they had this strong desire, and I felt we needed to move forward with that desire and help them meet their goals. And I
1: suppose that many women who do carry the baggage of such abuse would then be using alcohol to blunt the pain, and that interferes with their ability to mother.
0: Absolutely. A number of the women I interviewed and also saw in my practice were in recovery from drug and alcohol abuse. So if they have post-traumatic stress disorder, and they're dealing with unresolved feelings of shame and feeling bad, and... They're having flashbacks. One way to manage that is by drinking. It's a depressant. It helps to suppress the anxiety. It helps to suppress the flashbacks. And, you know, a mother that is actively using can't mother well. A mother that's an addict needs to be devoted to her addiction and not to her children. And sometimes many mothers come in to manage their addictions so that they can put that behind them and be present for their children.
1: And I think in some cases, one case, Claire, I believe it was, that you spoke about and wrote about where she had such problems in that regard that her child wound up taking care of her. Isn't this often the case, this role reversal?
0: I don't know if it's often the case, but role reversal happens a lot. It happens to women who particularly have no other support systems in their life. Then what happens is their child becomes their best friend. And their child becomes the person that they talk to and they give more information than is developmentally appropriate for their children. And for some other women that I worked with, if their mothers were struggling with addictions or mental health problems, they became like the pseudo parent in the family. You know, they took care of the mother, not only emotionally, but physically. They would clean the house. They would, you know, feed the other kids. So that becomes problematic. Many times in therapy, clients have to learn how to make boundaries between the dysfunctional family patterns that they grew up with so that they can create families and not bring those dysfunctional patterns into their children's lives.
1: We're speaking with Dr. Teresa Gill, author of Women Who Were Sexually Abused as Children, Mothering, Resilience, and Protecting the Next Generation. Of course, this is not just a women's issue. What advice, doctor, would you give men, either husbands or significant others, of women who were sexually abused as children and will now be bringing up a child?
0: Many times women carry the shame with them from childhood and keep the secret and don't share it with their partners. But if they're having PTSD or struggling with depression or struggling with anxiety, it should be shared Because if they feel that they have a partner that could help support them in that, that becomes a really important protective factor. One of the women that I was working with, when her child turned five, which was the age she was when she was sexually abused by her uncle, she started to have flashbacks. So that's very common in terms of having your children turn the age that you were when you were abused start having memories. So... She was absolutely terrified. She's giving her child a bath, and she starts to have flashbacks of her own abuse. And she did not know what was happening. She felt that she was going crazy, and she didn't know what it meant. So what she did is abdicated her parenting role, her mothering role, to her husband, and he felt like what's happening, like you're distancing, you're not being part of the family, you're not showing up you know, and what changed. And so he was also confused. But when they came into therapy and they were able to label it, this is post-traumatic stress disorder, this has its roots in your childhood history, then together as a couple, they could work in order to parent better. The research shows, not just mine, but other research shows, that a significant other that's living at home, that's helping to co-parent, is a number one protective factor for women with histories of sexual abuse.
1: You wrote that religion or spiritual beliefs benefit most of the women that you interviewed. How did these beliefs in a higher power reframe their views of abuse?
0: Well, for many of them, they said that they felt that they were cared for, that someone like a higher power loved them, and they felt that prayer brought them a sense of solace and a sense of peace for women the issue of spirituality and religion was a little different what I found is that if women were under the age of seven when the abuse occurred they internalized the blame so what happened was they said the abuse is bad therefore I am bad women that were over the age of seven who were abused they were able to externalize the blame so they were able to say the abuse is bad but the perpetrator is bad they did much better in therapy and their healing was much quicker than those who had self-blame so back to the spirituality piece so i had one woman that said that when she was about five six she prayed to god please stop the abuse please stop the abuse And that the abuse didn't stop. And she said, at some point, I thought, oh, my God, not even God loves me. And she said, I felt the whole world went dark. And part of that is that she blamed herself. I'm unlovable, not able to be cared for. I'm not important. And she internalized that God felt that way about her, too. So for some clients, they cut off their sense of spirituality and religion. But many of them, particularly if they abused over the age of eight, they found solace and support in prayer.
1: Dr. Teresa Gill, author of Women Who Were Sexually Abused as Children, Mothering, Resilience, and Protecting the Next Generation. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.